Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. This is episode 17. I'm your host, Anne Cross, the podcasting queen. 87% of small business owners are financially illiterate. They have no real understanding of what products or what services are making the most amount of money with the least amount of effort. They don't check regularly with their, you know, how their figures are financially performing or even how they are progressing to achieve their financial goal. And it's no surprise that 60% of small businesses don't survive the first three years. Now, joining me on today's show is Tracy. She is the queen of cash flow. Now, nearly 10 years ago, after a five-year stint with Deloitte and a brief stint in corporate, Tracy made the conscious decision to not be a normal tax and compliance accountant. Instead, she became a let's get this business achieving its potential and making more profit accountant. And after achieving great results for many SMEs, she became known as the queen of cash flow. Through Tracy's multi-award winning business, Confident Cashflows, Tracy has helped many business owners to achieve higher profits and improve their cash flow. Five years ago, she launched her second business, Confident Cashflows Plus, where she trains coaches and mentors and accountants to follow her program and learn from her experience to deliver financial performance programs with their clients. Now on today's show, Tracy's going to share your magic pill to financial success in growing your business or in your growing business, why growing Australian businesses are most at risk, as well as three money management must-do's to double your growing business and much, much more. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you, Anna-Marie. It's left to be here. It is surprising and quite alarming the amount of small businesses that look at their financial reports and absolutely have no idea what they mean. And as we mentioned in the introduction, which is something that, that you shared with us, 87% of small business owners are financially illiterate. It's scary, isn't it? It is very scary. And I think it's just the you know, just those money conversations in normal personal lives is mm. not something we get really excited about. But in business perspective, I think people are generally, um, they stay away from those conversations because it's just not a sexy topic. And unfortunately, it generally is to the detriment of the business. Mm. Um, 
And it's quite alarming. Yeah, it is. And you know, one of the things um, that I often say to people is, well, if you don't think that it's very sexy, what about having more profits? What about mm. having the amount of time that you're working on and in your business and generating double or even quadruple the amount of profits? Because often, as you say, we are working on selling products and services that are not generating as, as much profit as others. And we don't we don't know this unless we, we really analyze those figures and once we know it does it's not that hard to continue doing is it it is and the problem is what often happens in business is people actually um, start to do things first before mm. they look at how the plan's going to work out financially you know they'll put a whole bunch of numbers together and generally those numbers are just based on a sales number but not about how much you're spending to get the job done yes um, and only after say you know we'll go through a month and then we'll go through two months and three months and then we'll say okay now we've had a good run on the board but I've got you know I don't understand what's happening the money's just coming in and going out and I don't understand why then they'll go back and look and by then it's more than likely you know late yes. you know you could have prevented a whole lot of problems or a whole lot of teething problems if you actually looked at that type of how it was going to work and how much it was going to cost and actually just laid it out mm. um, in a plan financially before you actually start doing it. That's you know? right. Yeah. Some some businesses, as, as you said, they are really looking at the sales figures. So they may have 10 new customers that have come in. But if they haven't done the costing around how much it's mm. actually costing to sell that product, you might have just, you know, gone into to a negative. Even though you've got that income coming in, it's going to cost you more to actually create it or develop it and build it than what you're getting in and if you don't know those figures you need to take a step back and listen to today's show because it is vital so Tracy let's talk about your magic pill to financial success in growing your business okay so the magic pill is really first of all we need to look at I believe that there's three different types or stages in business um, and obviously for me the magic pill is financial clarity so um, I believe that there is one type of business where somebody goes into business and the money that they're making in that business is just supporting running that business mm -hmm. and the business owner is not actually generating any wage um, or any payment themselves in order to keep it running. And yes. that's what we have in terms of a hobby. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. I believe that business, you know, yes, I believe we can be and should be absolutely passionate and 99.9% .9 of business owners are absolutely passionate about their product or their service and passion, you know, follow what your passion is and the money will come. Well, sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily work that way, No, you know, so you can follow your passion as long as you're happy not being paid for following your passion, then a hobby might be, you know, the right thing for you. Yes. Then there's another type of business when you go into business and you basically are working a 40 hour week and the money that's generated in your business is enough to run the business and pay you a wage. And that's basically a job. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people out there that go out and pay a lot of money to buy a business, either in a franchise or in another way. But basically what they've done is they've paid a lot of money to somebody else and all they've done is bought themselves a job. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that is really important, especially when people are going out and spending a lot of money buying a business. We need to crunch the numbers first and figure out can this business support other people in the business in terms of wage so that it's not just a job. Mm. 
And then obviously the other, the last one, which is what we all aim for, and that's a business which can support itself, pay the bills, pay you a wage for doing some work, maybe not necessarily, you know, full-time work, but work in the business, but also can support the growth of other you know, other staff members and support in the business that can also be paid for their wage. And that's the, and I really, really believe that, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just financial clarity in terms of what do you want? How do you want your business to work? And how do you want, um, what do you want it to look like and feel like? And what do you want to get out of it? And. Mm. Oh, are you still there? There we go. Sorry. Oh, that's all uh, right. The finance is everything good? Yeah, all good now. Great. Okay. Um, the financial clarity is absolutely critical. Um, you know, I've come across a lot of people, and I've heard of a lot of people who actually go out and spend like a hundred, two hundred thousand buying a business, oh. and then they get into it, and then they realise that, um, you know, they have to work full time, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks in the business to make it work, 60 Mm. hours a week in the business to make it work. Um, And there's no sustainability in terms of employing anybody else. So they've end up spending money buying themselves a job and they're not even being paid for the amount of hours that they're working. Whereas, you know, if you just do some numbers before you actually buy that business, it's can save you a hell of a lot of heartache. Oh, absolutely. And I think people often don't realise just how much work is involved in running a business, getting sales. And often there are so many different aspects of a business that people don't really take the time to understand that when they would calculate the amount of hours they're putting into their business by an hourly value, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm paying myself $1.50. You know what I mean? And when you start to, when you start to think and, and really see the figures black and white then you can make some key decisions number one obviously before you even buy into a business you need to 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 crunch those numbers for sure but there may be some decisions that you decide well because that is not really an area that I want to get down and I don't want to be involved in 50 60 hours of work a week um that'll lead you to make different decisions about as you said the model of your business and, and what you're willing to do or not start with the end in mind is so important isn't it Absolutely. And you know, that financial clarity, a really important part of that financial clarity is your pricing. You know, a lot of people will go out and I can't remember which, and I listened to a few of the other podcasts that we've had. And one of them was about pricing. And I know you talk a lot about value um, and, you know, to set your pricing. And if you're doing that in advance before you actually start to, to work, you can figure out you know, it's not necessarily just what your competitors are charging, whether that's going to be the right price. It's the price that's going to work for you Mm. in your business based on your circumstances, how much you want to be earning, how much, you know, what expenses you need to be covering in your business, because every business is different. And I strongly believe that we all have our own unique recipe in our business. Sure, we can have similar businesses, for example, similar coffee shops in the same area, but they will have their unique recipe, financial recipe in terms of the success because they have their own, you know, they have their own um, circumstances, financial circumstances, personal circumstances. The business owner has their own strengths and weaknesses, whether some are, you know, some are good in the structure and in, um, on the, 
in the back end side of things where the other business owners are stronger out in the front of the business talking to customers and generating sales that way mm. so you know we have to we have to figure out what our unique recipe is and it's something we may not necessarily figure out all the way in the beginning, mm -hmm. but having some sort of financial plan is certainly a start. And then as we go, we're tweaking it. Yeah, you know, so to important. Figure out what our recipe is. Mm. I don't know if I mentioned this story in, in a previous podcast where we were talking around pricing, but I remember many when I was still in, in the corporate arena. One of my roles was to work very closely alongside the accountant, and um, what we did was we reevaluated re some costings and we manufactured, um, say, you know, shade sales. And, and so forth and little gazebos and things like that and one particular gazebo we'd costed and we'd been running that pro, you know product for, for some time and the accountant said go and check the numbers so I went right through every single nut bolt talked to the you know the fabricators how long does it take you to do this and so on we mapped I mapped out the entire thing and costed it we were selling it at a loss to what mm. it was costing us way more and the accountant nearly had a heart attack you know mm. um, because someone previously didn't take the time to cost it now, of course, we needed to put our pricing up, but that's exactly what you're talking about. If you don't sit down and track it and really step by step, and particularly if you've got various components in the products that you're manufacturing, you don't know whether you're making a profit um, or not. And, you know, you, you must, must do that. Absolutely. And that goes down to, you know, understanding which products and services you're actually delivering and how mm. much it costs and it doesn't have to be that complicated and we'll cover those when we go through the last section where I talk about the three money 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 management must do's mm -hmm. but that's the important part in um, in a growing business that's why I'm really focusing on a growing business because there's different stages and generally what happens is you know, the business owner will leave that financial side of their business to their bookkeeper and the accountant, and they won't take any ownership over how the information is processed. And we need to be taking ownership in terms of making sure that not every, not all our sales numbers are lumped into one bucket, mm. and not all our labor costs are lumped into one bucket, and all our marketing costs are lumped into one marketing bucket. You know what I mean? Yes. So yes. we can have clarity in terms of the costs for the different products or services or even groups of products and services in some way, shape or form, mm -hmm. it makes it easier for us to pull that information out. Yeah. And like if you're doing a marketing campaign, if, if someone's a service-based business and they're running some workshops or whatever it might be, you, what you're saying is track the expenditure. Are you doing Facebook advertising? Are you doing some advertising um, You know, online and other aspects? You need to track that. Give it a code. So at the end of the month mm -hmm. or whatever, you can go back, you can crunch it all up. How much did it cost us to and how many you know what was the revenue and all of that kind of thing because what yeah. you can't monitor and and track you can't make better decisions can Absolutely. we we cannot make better decisions or say you know what that worked so well we're going to continue running that and we're going to streamline that even better but you know what i i, I where as you're speaking about this and i i, I come from a background of numbers anyway once someone understands and i think that's the whole point we're scared of it because we don't understand it it doesn't take long for someone to show you such as yourself Tracy this is what you're really tracking once mm. we understand that we actually become empowered and it's exciting to add those numbers up see what profit we've made and then be able to say that worked really well let's continue to do that or let's tweak it there's nothing more empowering than a business owner being able to do that is it absolutely and fear is just it some it's just fear of the unknown mm. you know sometimes people 
don't want to know. Exactly. So it's yes. just, I know it's, I don't know how it can be, how it can work like that, but sometimes people believe it's easier to just work harder. Mm -hmm. If something's not happening or it's, I'm not getting the results that I want in my business, what most people do is, right, I will just work harder. I'll work longer hours. I'll put more money into it. You know, I'll try this marketing campaign. Then I'll try Facebook ads. Then I'll try this. Then I'll do Google ads. I'll just work harder and work harder and then something will come right. And I've come across many businesses who have tried all of those and only once they have brought back and said, right, and you don't have to be the one that actually looks at the numbers. If numbers aren't your thing, find somebody that does. Mm. Find somebody that loves it. You know what I mean? For me, I love it. Yes. You know, sitting down and dissecting and talking to a business owner and finding out what's this for, what's that for, how does this work, and pulling that information out, that's the stuff that I absolutely love. And it just just to be able to pull that apart and have a conversation with saying, and did you know that mm-hmm. this and this product or service performed this well or this not so well, and this product or service performed this well or this not so well, just to be able to see their face light up and realize, oh yeah. my <laughs> goodness, you know, okay, yes, I've got a slap across the face or somebody's given me a kick in the bum, mm-hmm. but now I can make changes. Yeah. And to be able to see them do that, it's just so exciting for people to see to see that light bulb moment. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, hell, no wonder the past few years have been hard work. <laughs> you know, it, it, there is an easier way. Oh, absolutely. You know, Tracy, as you're sharing about being fearful, it's absolutely because sometimes we don't really want to face the facts that at the moment we need to change things because it's not working. And I remember years ago, one of my then mentors was encouraging a lot of her myself and of course all the other people that was in her course you need to track your numbers incoming and outgoing and so forth and um, a few of us kind of said oh okay so if we don't have anything coming in on one particular day what do we do she said just put a line through it and I remember sharing that with one of my clients and one of my clients says I don't like just a line or a zero and I said you know what draw a love heart there because you are taking the right action steps and you continuously work on the right action steps day in day out you know it's going to work that how love heart shows that you're doing the right thing and eventually and and this is what happened that love heart became income and it just steadily grew we have to make a commitment to ourselves let's make this 2018 we're we're going to be the year that we really start to track and monitor so that we can consistently grow our business in the right direction and be empowered in, in doing so so Tracy why are growing Australian businesses most at risk okay so this basically comes back to the different stages as businesses are growing. Mm-hmm. So I just, the first stage of businesses, when you're first starting off, you're either doing the bookkeeping on your own or you, and you're basically, say for example, you're using a program called Zero or online accounting, MyBank Online or something like that as a small business owner. Yes. And you're allocating everything to the right place and you're doing everything on your own. Then your business grows and you decide, okay, I'm going to hand this over to a bookkeeper and I'm going to get my bookkeeper to do my transactions. And then I'm going to go and see my accountant and actually have a one-hour discussion with my accountant once a year when it comes to tax time. Mm-hmm. Okay. What happens generally that's where biz- most businesses stay for a really really long time okay and only once they get really big if they survive okay and get to the stage where they can be really big and they can employ a part-time CFO uh, or a full-time CFO um, a financial officer mm-hmm. um, a chief financial officer 
you know, without trying to use the acronyms, somebody to look at the numbers like that, um, only once they get really, really big, they can, they can employ that role into their business. Okay, now what I'm saying is that in that gap, in between that time, what's happening with small business, what's happening in the small business sector before you become a medium-sized business, okay, there's no financial clarity, there's no financial understanding on what is happening in your business. Mm -hmm. So that's why growing businesses are most at risk because they're not getting any understanding in terms of what's working and what's not working. And they're not taking any ownership of that, okay? And yeah. employing somebody or getting a consultant to come in or somebody to look at your numbers, even if it means that you say to your bookkeeper, I want to spend one hour with you every single month having a conversation about my numbers. Just yeah. tell me. Mm -hmm. Even that, okay, with your bookkeeper is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, okay? yeah. And I've and our fear, like we mentioned earlier, our fear is the reason why we're most at risk. First of all, we don't have the structure in place, okay, to actually have those conversations. And because we're so fearful and we don't like them, we, we don't do them, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's why 60% of small businesses fail in the first three years. Yeah. And that's why our failure rate is so high. Mm. And had we yeah. taken that opportunity to, as you say, get a bookkeeper, get some consultants who are experts in this area, such as yourself, to come in as we are um, providing that and getting it outsourced and someone else to take take over that, to be, give us feedback. We want you to look at the numbers. We want you to crunch them so that we can start to really track and monitor. Because as we said earlier, once you start to track and monitor and see where you're going really strong and what needs to be improved, you can make that decision then and there before six months, Quickly. 12 months, two years goes on and you find yourself, you know, further into, un unfortunately, um, the red and, and not able to, to grow yeah. those profits. And it's, you know, what it's really sad is what, what generally happens, because like I mentioned earlier, I work with accountants as well. And what generally happens is business owners wait for that meeting with their tax accountant. Mm. Okay. And they go and have that one hour meeting with their accountant and your tax accountant is only looking, the time that they're spending, they're only looking at the tax and compliance side. They're only making sure that you are ticking all the boxes and you're compliant. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you haven't, you're, you're within the rules of what you're supposed to be with ASIC and the, and tax man and everything like that. Yeah. Okay. And what's generally happening is business owners are, oh, we're going to go have this meeting with our accountant. Okay. And they're going to be able to tell me what's working and what's not working in my business. Or they're going to be able to tell me why you're telling me I've made so much money and I've made so much profit and I need to pay so much tax, but I don't have any money in my bank yes. account. Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, that conversation is not going to happen when you have that one-hour meeting with your accountant. And mm -hmm. many business owners are really disappointed with that conversation. And it's actually not the accountant's fault. No, you cannot go for you know five-minute preparation and analyze a business to tell what's working and what's not working when all your tax accountant's been doing is making sure that you're compliant and sticking to the rules in terms of tax and compliance. Yeah, yeah. And had we seen them them six months on or, or on a regular basis, that Absolutely. accountant could have said to us, "Look, you let's celebrate the fact that you are generating lots of income. That's going to mean you you need to also pay tax, which is not." 
not so good. However, you we can see that you can reinvest some of that hard-earned money back into the business. Now, we can't yeah. do that after the end of financial year. I mean, obviously, there's things that we can do, but it's it, we really need to get our accountants and, and our professional service providers on our team making decisions along the way so that we Absolutely. can best, and, and as you said, not get bill shock when all of a sudden we get a massive bill from the tax office. Yeah, because when you're seeing your accountant, generally you're seeing your accountant at the end of, you know, generally about six months after the end of the tax year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, around about now, January, February, November, December, January, February, people are actually going and getting their tax done and sorted out. And yeah. when you think about it, if it's six months after the financial year, the first transaction that was entered in the in the year that you're actually looking at was 18 months ago. Yes. So it's a long, it's a long time ago and everything that happened then is probably obsolete. It mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily apply to how your business is running today. So why would you have a discussion 18 months and, you know, on 18 months old data now? Yeah. There's no, there's no good. You mm. know, any conversation that you're having with your conversation with your accountant on that is not going to be worth it. Absolutely. You, you need to be having them regularly every month or even every quarter. Mm -hmm. We need to put that on our to-do list, people. We need Absolutely. to do that. Now, we all love to hear of ways on how we can double our growing business. You've got three money management must-do tips that you want to share with us today. Absolutely. So I've mentioned, briefly touched on, and that is basically taking ownership of your accounts. And what's really important and really important is the structure of your accounts, how your information is actually captured. Okay. If you mm -hmm. leave the setup of your accounts to your accountant and bookkeeper, they're going to set it up nicely in alphabetical order. And you know, as well as I do, that we don't spend alphabetically. So why would we set up our accounts alphabetically? True. Okay. <laughs> so we need to make sure that we have not just one sales account. We have different sales accounts for different types of products and services or groups and products and services. Because if we have five or six or seven or even 10, I don't care how many we have, as long as it means that we can pull the information out easily and say, oh, look what happened this year, look what happened last year in this area without having to dive into a minefield of lots of transactions with different values and maybe even different descriptions mm -hmm. for us to be able to have some sort of clarity. Yes. Okay. And also having clarity in terms of where our expenses are. So I strongly believe that we should have in the cost of sales section, even if it is a service-based business, in the cost of sales setup of our structure, we should have direct costs. Anything that's directly involved in running the business mm -hmm. or making money for the business should be in that area. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then anything else underneath that, uh, underneath cost of sales, that's those are our admin expenses. Yeah. Those are the really fun things that get everybody all excited, like <laughs> accounting fees and bookkeeping <laughs> and insurance and yeah. all of those things. So basically, the, the rule is anything that's fun is in cost of sales. Anything that's not fun is below cost of sales. There okay. It allows us to pull the information out. If we can, if we can pull out a report, or you can get our bookkeeper to pull out a report, it's easy for us to grab a highlighter for one product or service or group of product and service. Say, okay, highlight. That's the income. 
these are the costs. Highlight, highlight, highlight. Mm -hmm. We'll grab another highlighter and then you do that for, you know, the different groups. And then it's easy for you to say, okay, that number minus that number minus that minus that number gives me this. Mm. Is that good? Is that bad? Does that work? Doesn't it work? Okay. And we need to do that. That's basically what we should be doing at least every quarter in our business. And that is something our bookkeeper can help us with. That's something that our accountant can help us with. And that is something that a consultant can help you with. Yeah, yeah. In pulling that information out. Okay, so that's the first one. Mm -hmm. And the second one is having that one-hour conversation. Having one-hour conversation with somebody about how your business has performed. Okay? And what's also important is in terms of where we actually going. So what happened from the beginning of July up until now? And what have I got planned financially for the rest of the financial year? And what does my turnover look like? What is it reasonably, what is it going to be by the end of June if I do this and this and this and this? Because that's part of my financial plan. Okay. And it's also part of my goal. So all of our goals have some sort of quantified number to them. You know, mm-hmm. how many workshops we're going to be running, how many podcasts you're going to be doing, how many, you know, what is what is the revenue stream and how it's going to work out. So all of our goals have some kind of quantified number to them. And those should be in our plan going forward. So we should be able to see, okay, this is what our turnovers should be or reasonably should be by the end of June. This is what our gross profit should be. And this is what our profit should be. Yes. Okay. If we do these things. And when we have that financial clarity, it allows us to see well, how am I actually forming? Are things going to be going up or are things going to be going down? Is now the right time for me me to be buying that big fancy machine? Is now the time for me to be employing that new person in my staff? And then we make better decisions. Maybe, yes, I do want to employ that new person, but you know what? This and this and this has to happen first and then I'm going to employ it. And then I can actually do it, enjoy the process without freaking out about how I'm going to actually pay for it. Yeah, true, true. So that's the second one. Get that financial clarity. It's so imperative. What's the third tip? And then quantifying it. Mm -hmm. Actually quantifying those numbers in a yearly plan. Um, There's some crazy stats out there. Bankwest actually does a, um, I think it's a quarterly report. And one of the things that they talk about often in their report in a business survey is how many, is the percentage of businesses that are optimistic. And it's often, it's in the 90s, 95% of business owners are optimistic about the future. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the entrepreneurial spirit. That's like us, you know, that's us being passionate about our business. We're optimistic. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing. But only 33% of us actually have a quantified plan in terms of how that's going to work. So, yay, I'm optimistic. (laughs) How's that going to work? I have no idea. (laughs) Exactly. You know? Mm. So that's why it's really important for us to actually quantify it. And there's such a way, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be that difficult. If you're running an online solution, um, it's easy to actually have that done and just import those numbers into your reporting. Mm -hmm. You know, import it into zero, import it into my, they're becoming so... Um, up to date in terms of having reports av- easily available and easy for us to use. It's just that most people aren't even actually accessing that information yeah. or using it. And your bookkeeper or your financial uh, support team should really be able to do that. 
um, once you have a conversation with them. If, if you have, aren't already doing that, as you said, yeah. have the conversation with them. Let them know. Let them listen to this person say, this is what I want you to do for me, for my business, that it fits in. And um, and then, as you say, it really can start to pull those numbers into reports that really give you clear indication of what's happening so that we can make better decisions and better choices and moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tracy, I have absolutely loved speaking with you today. I think we could geek out on numbers for, for another hour. Um, <laughs> but as we've said, it really is something that we need to start looking at. And even if we start to have one conversation, at least with our bookkeeper or our support people to say, look, this is really what we need to start doing moving forward. Take you know, small steps, get it set up so that you can start to track and, and monitor and then build for, from there. How can people find out more about uh, the services that you provide? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? They can check out my website. So my website is confidentcashflows.com.au. Um, I've had quite a few of my articles published with um, my business, Savvy um, SME. Um, Myob, I was interviewed recently by Myob, the Mm-hmm. Business, the Pulse magazine um, on buying a business. So yeah. I've got quite a few articles and blogs there for people to read. Um, and then obviously my mobile number or my email address, Tracy Fantastic. at Fantastic. And if there was just one last snippet of advice that you would want to leave with everyone today, Tracy, what would that one thing be? I think it would be business is so much more fun when we have that financial understanding. Yes. You know, we go into business because we want more time and we want more money and we want to have more fun. So just get the numbers sorted. Just and that'll actually make it a lot easier and a lot less stressful and you can actually enjoy it a yeah. lot more. It can be a lot more fun. Absolutely. Well, thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Anna-Marie. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. And you can really hear uh, that Tracy is so passionate about that. But please reach out to her. If this is something that you're struggling with, she can certainly help you with the different solutions that she offers. Now, if you want to find out more about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners so you can gain the knowledge and skills that will enable you to succeed in business, all you need to go is businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au